Hello, you're listening to the Hosanna Houston podcast. Hosanna Houston is a church for all people, transforming lives through love and generosity. Here, we revisit Sunday sermons from Pastor Edwin Guerra. Good morning. If you are here, thank you for being here. If you're watching online, thank you for connecting. We're on week two of our I Am series, and we're going to be focusing on the God is uh, factor. So if you have your Bible, uh, get your Bible and go to the book of Proverbs and kind of hang in there. We're going to read some of the, some of some verses there. But I want to start with just kind of expressing some of the things that uh, God is. And if you guys remember last week, we talked about uh, some of the attributes of God and we started with the holiness uh, uh, factor of, of, of God's attribute and how important that is for us to know the God that we serve and how holy he is. And so today, uh, if you have uh, any time of relationship with Jesus, if you've, if you've, if you've spent uh, years or months uh, following Jesus, uh, one of the things that as Christians we should be focused on Uh, on every single day is to find a way to get to know your God better because it is important that you know who you worship. It is important that you know who you love, who you sing to, right? And so when that is clear in our minds, then everything else in our lives begins to line up. And even though maybe times may be tough in our lives, the knowing God will reassure us who we have placed our faith in. So in Exodus chapter uh, 3, verse 14, that first part, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And with, when God says, I am who I am, he is saying, I am absolute. God is absolute. Period. There is nothing more, nothing greater than God himself. And we should be blown away by the fact that God is, right? That he is absolute in our lives in this universe. The reality should be that our minds should always be on who God is. So let me read a few things off of what it means to be God is in this world. God has no beginning and no end. God is everlasting. He is not limited by time, how we see it. God is reality. He is actually the ultimate reality in our lives and in this universe. Every other reality is because he wills it to be. God is eternal. There was no space before God. He has been here always. Amen. God is independent. God does not depend on anyone or anything. Everything that is not God is secondary to him. Just newsflash, that includes us, okay? The entire universe is secondary to him. God is an absolute being, meaning that the universe compared to God is a speck of sand or is actually nothing compared 
to who he is. God is constant. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is, God is who he says he is. He is supreme over everything in our lives. God is truth. God is goodness. God is beauty. He himself is the standard of what is true. He himself is the standard of what is good. And he himself is the standard of what is beautiful in this life. And since God is, he does whatever he pleases. And no one can say anything about it. And everything he does is always right. Everything he says is always true. Everything outside of him, he has created and he governs over it. This is the God that you serve. This is the God that we pray to. This is the God that we sing to. This is who we live for, right? God is the most important being and the most important reality any of us can ever know. So once again, I remind everyone, like I did last week, the most important thing is to get to know God better. We have to know God better. We ourselves here as human beings, we are fragile, yet God is so powerfully merciful towards us. We are fragile in the way we live and the way we think, but God is still good and merciful and his mercies are new every day, says the word, and we can depend and we can know that he is for us. Amen? We need to know him. We need to know him better. And here's what the proverb says for those who truly start seeking to get to know him. So if you go to your Bible or read up there, Proverbs 8.17 says this about those people that truly are trying to search for God and to know God in every aspect of their life. And this is what it says, Proverbs 8.17. I love all who loves me. Can you say amen to that? I mean, I love all who love me. How many love Jesus here? How many could love Jesus better? Amen to that too, right? So those who search, it says, will surely find me. So here's what's happening. The God that we just heard from, right, the everlasting God, the, the one that is supreme over everything, is saying to us that we are so fragile, people that make so many mistakes, he's saying, if you search for me, I will let you find me. This is what the verse is saying. Those who search will surely find me. That's great news. That gives us hope. That lets us know that we are not alone. That he is waiting. He is searching for those who truly love him. Because those who love me, he says, though I will love those who love me, he says. Now, here's the opposite side of that coin, right? God is saying that if we search him, he will allow himself to be found, right? So the question, knowing that is, why 
do we not know God better? Why? Why wouldn't we want to know God better if he's saying, I'm here. I want you to find me. I want you to know me better. And the Bible gives us that answer. Go to Romans chapter 3. We're going to read verse 10, 11, and 12. So the Bible answers this question, even though God says, those who search me will find me. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, as the scripture says, no one is righteous. Not even one. Verse 11, no one is truly wise. And then this second part of 11 says, no one is seeking me. Let's pause there real quick and look at what Proverbs 8 said, 17. Those who search will surely find me. Romans is saying no one is seeking God. Jump to verse 12. It says, all have turned away. All have become useless. It says, no one does good, not a single one. I mean, God himself has made his glory, his word, who he is, available and accessible to us. And the question is, how come we don't want him more? How come we don't know him better? And it's because no one, any of us, is good enough. Or I feel like when I say these things, uh, that maybe it seems like I'm saying these things. I'm actually reading what God is saying to us when it says no one is truly, truly seeking God. So if God is, then what does it mean for those who continue to sin against God? What does it mean when we claim to be Christians and yet we continue to live a life that is outside of God's perfect will for our lives, right? Why does a so-called Christian continue to live a life that is going against what God has called them to live or to be. And once again, the Bible answers that. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, 5, and 6. Here's what chapter 3, verse 4 says of 1 John. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin, and highlight in your mind or in your Bible there, all is contrary to the law of God. Verse 5, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sin, our sins, and there is no sin in him. Amen for that. Verse 6, anyone who continues to live in him, that meaning Jesus, will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him and highlight that know him and understand who he is. But what we're seeing here is that the reason a so-called Christian, please hear me out, 
continues to live in a cycle of repetitive sin in their lives is because the word says that we don't know him or don't understand him of who he is, right? So how important it is to know God, it's everything. Because it is the foundation that we can stand on when we know God that allows us not to live in a lifestyle of repetitive sin. That's the goal, right? To live in this life so that we can honor God with our lives so that people can see Christ through us so that when we can speak his truth, people can see Jesus and want this Jesus that we say we love and serve. Amen? That's, how, that's the gospel, right? We spread the good news, but we are the living testimonies of that good news by the way we live out our days. Not just by handing someone, someone a piece of paper and go out and, and, and preach the gospel and minister to somebody out there, and then you don't ever see them again, but actually with your, whole, with your own life. Right? But the problem when Romans 3.10 says that no one, Romans 3.11, that no one is seeking God is because we don't know God. So I pray all of us can understand the reason sin is constant in a so-called Christian person. Especially if, if, if someone doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I mean, what else can we expect? Sin is sin, right? Without Christ, we live a life in sin. Now, those who called themselves Christians, we call ourselves Christians, then we have a standard now, amen? We have a way that God calls us to live. And that standard is to honor him. But to honor him, we have to know him. Now, go to the first John chapter three. I want us to keep reading verse seven where we are. Now look at verse seven. It says, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Verse eight. But when people keep on sinning, Please, let's read this carefully. It shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God, second part of verse 8, came to destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9, those who have been born into God's family do not make practice a practice of sinning. It's not saying you don't sin because that would be Hypocritical, right? Because everyone sins. But don't make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. And he finishes off with saying, so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So we read in Proverbs 8, right, that those who love God will Search for God, right? And if we search God, then it makes it so much easier for us to live a life 
that is not going to fall into patterns that dishonor God, but actually we begin to have a lifestyle that begins to honor him in your work, in your family, in your church, with your friends, with new people that you meet. They will see something is different because Christ is truly living in us. Amen. And because he is living in us, it says here, when God is in us, we cannot keep on sinning. Amen. Because they are children of God. You are a child of God. So the question is, or the comment here is, can we please just be honest with God and with yourself, with ourselves? I won't say, please examine yourself, because what happens when I say, please examine yourself or examine ourselves, is that we think that we're better than we are. So I'll say this instead. Why don't you let the scriptures examine you? Because when we put our lives before the scriptures and allow it to examine us, then we can see how much we truly need God in every aspect of our lives. Now, how do I truly know God? How can I know God? I think the first thing that we need to know is that we are truly incapable of knowing all of God. So let's start there. Even though we want to know God, we are truly incapable of knowing everything about God, right? We, we can agree to that. But I'll say to you that the scriptures are exactly what you and I need so that this process of knowing God can be healthy, right? And immovable, your foundation, because it is coming from scripture, not from a YouTube video that you saw. It's coming straight from the word of God. That is what we need, amen? Scripture in our lives. Time in the presence of God. On our knees, praying so that we can build this solid foundation in a relationship with the one we say we love. And if we love him, we should know him because when we know him, it gives us the opportunity to walk every day honoring him. Amen? All right, so in order to truly know God, we have to be his children. John, so go to the book of John, chapter 1. Not First John, but John 1, the gospel of John 1, verse 12 and 13. Verse 12 says, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, that's us, he gave the right to become children of God. Verse 14, they are reborn. Highlight that. Not with a physical birth resulting in human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. To truly know God, we must commit ourselves to obeying God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Let's read those. Chapter 2, verse 9. Of Ephesians says, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So there are responsibilities that come when we know God. God has planned good things for us to be doing when we come to an understanding of who he is and we come into a relationship so we carry the responsibility to live out our faith. And that requires to know Jesus, to know God. Not only do we read and understand his word, but we apply in obedience what we know. That's the point. It doesn't matter if we know it here. It matters if we walk it out. Amen? That's, that's, that's how we live a life that is Christ-like, right? That, is, that, is, that its foundation is Jesus Christ and nothing else. When we walk out what we know. If anyone wants to know God today, they have to have a relationship with Jesus. You have to look to, to Jesus. So if you want to know Jesus we got to spend time in the Word. you got to read the Gospels, read about His life, know Him, spend time in His presence, in prayer. This is how we get to know the Son of God. This is how we build a relationship. Just like we build relationships in our lives, you have to spend time with the God that we say we love. I love all who love me. I mean, think about how powerful that is. God said in Proverbs 8, 17, I love all who love me. And to love him means we are searching for him constantly. Remember when you fell in love with your spouse? I mean, you couldn't get off the phone. For those who had phones at that time, right? Right? I mean, I'm sure my wife will hear this, but she remembers we spent hours on the phone to the point where she was still living with mom and dad, and I had to, I bought her a cell phone so we could talk, and her parents didn't know we were talking on the phone. That's how it worked. And I wanted to know her, and she wanted, maybe, maybe I wanted to know her more than she wanted to know me, right? But I wanted to know her, so we spent time talking and talking and talking, hours. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Some of you remember that. Right? But we wanted to know our spouse. Well, now multiply that times a million, right? And this is more important, right? Our relationship with the God that we say we love, the spending time of him is truly important because it has eternal consequences. And now I want to know him because he loves me undeservedly because I don't, I don't deserve his love. And yet he is saying, I will be found if you search for me. I'll finish with this. Can you and I, can, can we come back to God? Can we come back 
to God. We've seen how God is everything, how he's provided a way to knowing him. And yet we refuse to search for him. He is saying, I love those who love me. If you search me, you will find me. God is saying to us, I am available for you. But you have to pursue me. You have to look for me. You have to search the scriptures for me. Let me reveal myself to you through the word of God in your life. It's time to repent of our sins and come back to fellowship with God. He's waiting. He's waiting. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 and on. I'm going to read a few verses. Just follow along. Verse 15 says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, so there's a new life in him, will no longer live for themselves. You see what happens when we receive him, when he comes and dwells in our lives? There's a new life that begins. And it says that we no longer live for ourselves. We're no longer selfish. And oh my goodness, are we selfish. But it says here that those who belong to him are no longer selfish. And then it says, instead they will live for Christ. I don't even have to ask, is are we living for Christ? I mean, these are honest questions that we can ask ourselves because we say we love him. We sing to him. We worship him. We pray to him. Do we love him? They will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others. Please hear this out from a human point of view. You know what this means? When you're a new creation, when you're a new person, when you see someone, you don't see, oh my goodness, look at this, look at that, look how bad they are, look how good they are. You see, do they know Jesus? You start seeing the need of eternity. You start seeing the need of Jesus in their life instead of being either uh, amazed by people or, or sad or, 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 or judging people, but actually you see the need of Jesus in their life and you want to pursue relationships around you so that they can know Jesus but how can they know Jesus if I don't know Jesus how can they know Jesus or see Jesus if I don't spend time with Jesus and then it asks the second part of verse 16 it says how differently we know him now this means verse 17 that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. He brought us back. We were dead in our sins and our transgressions. We were at the pit. And he rescued us. And brought us back to life, he says. And God has given us the task. Here comes the responsibility part. Uh-oh, now we got to do something. The task of reconciling people to him. So now once again, we can't see people just as people. We got to see them. Do they know Jesus? There is an urgency in my spirit for people to know God. And not just 
a surface level God, but the God of the Bible that is just, that is true, that is everlasting, that is faithful, that is good, that is righteous. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Come back to me. Come back to God. This is what it's saying. Return to a healthy relationship with your Lord and Savior. Verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. What does an ambassador do? He represents Wherever he's from, wherever he is, he represents that place. We are ambassadors of Christ. We represent Christ on this earth, not just on Sundays when we get to gather again, right? And when we uh, are part of church service or gatherings and Bible studies or whatever, not just then, But every second of our lives, the moment we declare that we follow Jesus, that we are lovers of Jesus, that we love his word, we love his truth, we are saying, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ on this earth. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. Verse 21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sins, for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We are made right. Not because we are good, not because we read our Bible, not because because Jesus came and paid the price. We are made right with God, and so now we can have fellowship with the Father because of Jesus, and we can get to know him. And when we get to know him, we can live a life, please hear this out, that is worthy of the calling he has placed in your life and in my life. But we can't do that without knowing him. Are you a different person? Because if you are the same type of person that you always been, maybe you didn't find Jesus, but you found religion. Because when we find Jesus, it says that we are a new person. And everything changes. And because everything changes, now we pursue him differently. It's not just, oh, I come to church on Sundays, but my Monday, Tuesday, all the way to the next Sunday. It's a, a pursuit of getting to know him better. I'm striving to grow in him more because I need him more today than yesterday. Because when Jesus comes into our life, he actually res- rescues us from death. And now that new person in us represents him here on earth. And our job is to call people back to God. Come back to Jesus. Come back to God. Know your maker. Know your God. God gave us Jesus so that we could be right with him. 
so that we could establish a new and healthy relationship with the Father. So I'll finish with this question. Are you right with God? And you can be honest with yourself. If you're watching or here, you can be honest with yourself. He knows. We know. Thank you so much for listening to the Osana Houston podcast. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to email us at info at OsanaHouston.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Osana Houston. If you would like to donate, visit our website, OsanaHouston.org.